This is Crisscross Applesauce. I'm Amit Kooner. I'm the uh, data guy here. I'm Mike Gardner, one-third of Crisscross Applesauce. I am the Donald guy here, so talking about a lot of things, politics and the like. And I am Gunther. I am the other fourth of Crisscross Applesauce. <laughs> Um, That's true, there are four of us. I'm the designer. <laughs> so today's topic is intuition, and Michael's going to take the lead here. I hope to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited. No, as am I. Intuitively, I feel like this is a good topic to discuss. <laughs> because I, I, I think that, like our last conversation about language, which is, you know, touches so many different facets, right? Like from all of our perspectives, I think intuition also, you know, it touches a lot of different topics, right? So it, whether it is thinking about decisions that we make on a daily basis in our personal lives or our professional lives, I think some people rely on intuition too much, some not enough. So I thought that we would begin with just defining what intuition is. Before you do that, yes. what's your interest in intuition? Oh, it's, yeah, so uh, interesting question. And why are you not wearing any clothes? Uh, <laughs> intuitively, I felt like it would be better if I was completely new uh, because I, I felt like my true self could come out and you wouldn't need to speculate, use your intuition to determine how big it was, uh, the how argue, small it was. The argument just stands. There. <laughs> the argument stands. The argument stands. <laughs> yeah. uh, I am a tripod. <laughs> no, uh, no, so the, the interest lay in, there was a, oh, I, I was going to ask this question later on, but perhaps it's uh, important to start out with it. I was listening to a podcast not too long ago and casually, you know, the conversation led to intuition and a question was asked. Um, and the question was, if you were to fold a piece of paper in half, right? So your standard piece of paper, 0 0.2 you know, millimeters or whatever it is, a, a piece of paper in half a hundred or so times. I've heard you can do it more than seven. Well, uh, I'll get to that. What? But if, yeah, yeah, hold on. Okay. Uh, if you were to, so the, the, the question is, if you were to fold a piece of, piece of paper in half, roughly a hundred times, how long across would it be? So Ahmed, I'll ask you. So a standard 0.2 millimeter, whatever it is, piece of paper, in half a hundred or so times, how, how long would it be? How long would it have to be in order to do it? No, 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 you, you were just taking a piece of paper. Yep. Folding in half, 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 a hundred times. How long across would it be? How big would it be? How thick would it be? So it would just be two to the hundred, right? And how big is that? I don't know. Uh, uh, let me... No, 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 don't, don't, don't Google it because, well, I... Two to the for, hundred? You know, for our listeners, they can Google it. Okay. Um, but I know this, this is, is that right. What I'm saying is it two to the hundred. Well, yeah, but um, I don't know if that's the actual equation, but it, it, it could be. the The point <laughs> is, is that intuitively, what do you think that number is? And this isn't a gotcha question because yeah, I yeah, know yeah. the answer until I looked it up. Intuitively, so a piece of paper, 0.2 millimeters thick, a hundred times in half. I don't know. That's actually quite large. Yeah, but it it's. I mean. That's less than a, I don't even know how big a piece of paper is. Let's say it's a tenth of a well, millimeter. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think it's point two million. I mean, yeah, whatever it is, whatever the actual number is. We I have no idea. Mylon? No. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh because uh, it would be like eleven inches long. If it's an eight and a half by eleven, and you're folding it, so you guys are proving my point about intuition. Intuition matters oh, yeah, um, yeah. in in a couple in, in a few instances. If you were to fold a piece of paper in half a hundred times, it would be ninety three billion light years in diameter. The distance of the observable universe. And I know now we're we're getting puzzled. The most that somebody has been able to fold a piece of paper in half, I think it's 12 times. Like, and, and, and I don't know how, how big it was. And if you think about it, you're, you're a data guy, you're a math guy, right? So take 0.2 times okay. 0.2, you get 0.4. Take 0.4 times 0.4, you get, uh, or whatever, 16, right? I mean, you just, you're doubling it every time. Yeah. And a hundred times. So our intuition leads us to believe yeah. that would it be a mile. And, and I know our, our, my uh, you guys are googling it right now, but um, two to the hundred on here. Is it two to the hundred? The first fold would be two to the one because it'd be twice as big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then what, the what, second but, but, fold would be four. Third fold would be eight. But so two that's to the power of hundred would. Yeah, I mean, okay. I don't know if it's two to the power. Then of and how, how big is a piece of paper wide? Times. What's this? Uh, how? So, know. ladies and gentlemen, yeah, okay. these aren't alternative facts. Okay, yeah, yeah. This is just mathematics. Yeah. And the point is, is that our our intuition tells us, well, it's a, a, a piece of paper small. So, if I may, it, it matters in every aspect of life. I mean, there are people who deny the link between carbon dioxide in the atmosphere and man-made climate change because they think what they do individually doesn't have an impact. And they forget that collectively, billions of people emitting CO2 can have disastrous impacts on the environment, right? And, th and that is the point of intuition, right? So this idea then that like, what I do intuitively, like, hey, if I throw this piece of paper on the ground, my intuition is I'm not going to cause any harm, no, no harm, no foul, Correct. damage. But a billion people think Thinking the same, the same way, way as yeah. you. Uh, fact check. Well, we're uh, still on topic on, on, uh, before we before we leave the dock, uh, and we're too far away from it. In January 2002, while a junior in high school, Galvin, this is Brittany Galvin, you guys can look it up on Wikipedia, Galvin demonstrated that a single piece of toilet paper 4,000 feet in length can be folded in half 12 times. 12 times was the max. This was contrary to the popular conception that the maximum number of times any piece of paper could be folded in half was seven. Yeah, you fact-checked yourself, and that's good. Um, I think it's also important. We can link to the the article where I, I got the number of the 100 to, 103 times was the observable universe, 93 billion light years in diameter. And, and so I think let's take a step back and let's define what intuition is. Mm -hmm. Intuition is the ability to acquire knowledge without proof evidence or conscious reason or without understanding how that knowledge was acquired. Now, there's an article I read, When It's Safe to Rely on Intuition and When It's Not, by Constant Chow Locke. It was a Harvard Business Review article from 2015. And this actually kind of crystallized things for me. Because if I say that intuition is 
good and that we should rely on intuition. We've had presidents like George W. Bush who relied on his gut, right, to make decisions. We've had more cerebral presidents, arguably, uh, presidents, arguably, who have used data, logic, and information to make decisions. But for me, the answer is perhaps a bit of a cop-out, which is that intuition is both good and bad depending on the circumstance. So intuition, according to this article that I just previously mentioned, is that there are three conditions that I think determine, or this author who's a PhD determines that intuition is important. The most important condition is expertise, right? And the example is if I'm a novice mountain climber, then my intuition on whether or not a given route is safe is not going to be accurate. Sure. I have no previous knowledge on which to base the decision, right? So the example we just gave earlier, what knowledge do I have other than my own basic scientific understanding about how thick a piece of paper is and how many, right? So expertise is really important. And that it takes a surprising amount of domain-specific expertise to develop an accurate, intuitive judgment. So about 10 years is what researchers think. That 10 years of repetition and feedback are essential in order to develop the basis by which intuition is actually meaningful. The second point or second condition is around the type of decision one's making, right? So is it structured or unstructured? Unstructured being that it lacks clear decision rules or has few objective criteria. Folding a piece of paper in half has objective criteria. You are actually you know, you, you, it is not a subjective experience to fold a piece of paper in half. It is, it is objective. Subjective would be where you use human judgment. I think this color is better than that color, right? Yeah. Those are subjective experiences. Yeah. As a marketer, I oftentimes try to think about, you know, how do, how, what, what color should I use? What language should I use? Those are, those, I can rely on intuition partially because I've got prior experiences, but because there's no real objective uh, information that's required to make the determination. Sure. And the third, and then I'll open it up for conversation, is time. How much time do we have to make the decision? Right? How much, if I asked you, what's the length that a piece of paper folded 100 times would be? And I said, give me the answer now, as opposed to go do your research in a week, come back to me, so time, so intuition oftentimes is based on the amount of time we have to make the determination. So how much experience do we have? Is there objective or subjective rules of the road? And then how much time do I have to make that determination? So I think those three criteria determine whether or not intuition is good or bad. Um, and that is the, the, the premise in which I start the conversation. Okay. Um, I think it matters. I mean, there's there's a number of other questions that I, you know, could ask about uh, how close is the nearest star? Well, it's down the road. We get the light from the star. We can see it in a telescope. It would take deep space, a spaceship going eighty one thousand miles. Uh, it, it would take deep space going fifty six kilometers an hour, eighty one thousand years to get to the nearest star. Right? I mean, there, these. But isn't the sun the nearest star? 
No. Is that how long it would take? Yeah, I mean, you could look this up too. At the maximum velocity of 56,000 kilometers an hour, deep space would take 81,000 years to traverse the 4.24 light years between Earth and Proxima Centauri. That's the nearest star. Oh, you're right. Alpha Centauri um, A. I'll ask you a couple more questions. How many connections are there in a cubic inch of brain tissue? I don't know. Given the billions of neurons, there are more connections in a cubic inch of brain tissue than there are stars in our Milky Way galaxy, and there are 100 billion, right? So intuitively, yeah. we think that there's like 100 in our brain, and so this is why intuition matters, right? Yeah. right? Now, um, this is, so, while we're on topic, while we're pushing on this, you've mentioned a lot of like the scientific research in, in kind of like the breakdown of intuition. What is your uh, TLDR on this? I'm thinking of like from the listener standpoint, right? Like what are what is your perspective on this idea of intuition? Uh, we've hit on some of those the, those definitions, but I'm ready yeah. to like, yeah, let, yeah, let's, yeah. let's open up the door. No, 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 no. Sure, sure. So I, I, I want to tie it back to Gunther, what you do, Amit, what you do professionally, I think where your interests lie. I mean, from my perspective, as I mentioned in the onset, I think it's intuition is, is helpful in circum- certain circumstances and it's harmful in others. Mm-hmm. There's this whole like vaxxer, you know, nonsense where, you know, people think that they have more scientific, you know, because they, they have a, a child and they see other children with autism, that they somehow understand the link between vaccinations and autism better than the doctors do, right? I mean, that's like intuition. So I think there is actually a lot of harm that can happen when we rely purely on quote unquote intuition. And that's why I think it was important to understand from a, a more structured perspective, you know, what are the, the three criteria? Expertise, is it there, are there, is it objective or subjective? And what kind of time limits do we have? Now, what, I'll, what I'd like to also bring into the conversation is, I'll maybe start with you, Ahmed, if you're ready. Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm thinking a lot about what you're saying here. And I'm thinking about, so if somebody says that vaccinations are bad. Yeah. Does that mean what does that mean that it's wrong intuition or do we say that they have no intuition? I think it's well yeah from my my understanding I think it's wrong intuition. I think that they're drawing conclusions based on incomplete and insignificant information. Now what, what were the three categories of intuition? Expertise. Again? Okay. Structured versus unstructured, so objective, subjective, and then time. Okay. So somebody like Jenny McCarthy, she doesn't have expertise. So by that definition, she's not using intuition. So it's not wrong intuition, well, it's no, that no, no, she no. is not using intuition, right? Uh, I, that, that's what I don't understand. Do you get what I'm saying? Um, so there's something that I researched. Well, there's um, ac- I mean, intuition is merely the feeling by which we make determinations. Now, accurate or inaccurate intuition that's what that definition definition of intuition okay according to this one article i mean i having read a number of articles about the topic over the last month that strikes me as as the most valid which there are a defined set of criteria that determines whether or not intuition is good or bad now you you there are are, again we've talked about in this particular instance about whether vaccinations benefit children her intuition is bad because she doesn't have expertise. She doesn't have any uh, objectivity because her child has autism and she doesn't have the time horizon to make the determination. 
Now, if you said to her, what's a better color, red or blue? Now, you could, now she may be able to um, make a, a more accurate determination on what's a better color for a Budweiser bottle, right? I think blue, based on all these other experiences that I had, I've had, would get more people to drink Budweiser. Like that, that, that has, quote unquote, less ramifications uh, or impact to one's daily life than vaccinating your child, your child or not. Mm-hmm. So as I'm thinking about intuition, and it's hard for me to wrap my head around for example, vaccinating your child, because I think that for somebody to make a medical claim of such really doesn't have, it's a reach because they don't necessarily have the training, they don't have the expertise behind it. So I'm trying to put myself in a much more um, ordinary situation. And this is a term that I heard from uh, Tim Ferriss a while back, which was causation does not equal like- Causality. Yeah. How do you say that? Causality. And like this idea that like my intuition in a way, I don't know if, I I think this is somewhat tied, but this idea that like I wore my uh, Detroit Lions jersey and the Lions won. So therefore, whenever I wear my Detroit Lions jersey, therefore the the, the Detroit Lions should win. And uh, like, is that tied to intuitive, like intuition? And I I think there's a couple of things here, right? Like my intuition says, Wear the jersey and the Lions will do well, but the two things are not. Yeah, causation is not causality, yeah. right? So, like, the fact that you wore, there are, a, there are you know, it's not even related. Yeah, not even wear their jersey yeah. and the same result happened, right? Yeah, so, exactly. for one to tie that experience with another experience, I think, you know, there it's, um, you know, they're, 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 they're making a leap. Right, so, what I, I, I'd like to extend the idea of intuition a bit mm-hmm. further to talk about, uh, I mean, Gunther, as a design person, right? We, I, I've heard the expression, you know, intuitive design, right? Yeah. Like, how, do, how does Apple design a phone that's intuitive, right? Where, you know, it, it looks good and people know that upper left is where I do this and bottom right is where I do that. So from a design perspective, how do you think about intuition there is the classic book that when you enter design school, they give you. And this book, uh, the one I have in front of me, was written in 1988. So the examples are uh, beautifully dated, but the, um, but the theories or, 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 or the principles remain the same. So um, it is written by the author is Donald Norman. I believe he's still teaching at Northwestern University. Um, but uh, degree in psychology and really more so like geared in a way towards uh, psychology and objects. Uh, so the book is called The Design of Everyday Things. And coming in with a background in, in, in psychology, he became kind of obsessed with the, uh, he kind of opened, he, his opening preface to 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 his uh, paperback edition is the hidden frustrations of everyday things and throughout this book one of the things that i find fascinating is he has the um the handles on the glass doors where you think you have to pull but you actually have to push and then uh he's he talks about in um he talks about getting trapped between two glass doors because he he saw the handle and he thought, okay, I have to pull, but in reality he had to push. So he goes, okay, well, I can't seem to exit, so let me go back through the other way. Then he goes to push, but he had to pull. So all of a sudden he was like, what is happening right now? So he kind of keeps coming back again 
to this idea of like the frustrations, whether it's the push or the pull, and whether it's like how do you design? He has a control panel for basically like a nuclear plant, and and how difficult that is. And, he, and then again, he mentions a lot. This is of course back in the eighties, but like he mentions, I think this applies today. Uh, instructions for television sets and VCR and animated kitchen appliances. And I remember uh, growing up when the power would go out and the VHS would, you know, blink twelve o'clock for, for for months on end. So Put the black tape over it. Yeah. So, <laughs> so to me, when I'm thinking of intuitive design, is one of the projects I'm currently working on. It, it relies heavily on chatbots, but it's this idea of like connect, connective objects and basically just what's the intuition? Hey, object take care of yourself. Like, what do I mean by that? Like, uh, hey kitchen, yes Gunther, you need to update the clock. Or why do I even t- need to tell the kitchen, hey, update your clock? Why can't they sync themselves up, it's up correctly? So there is, um, as, so as a designer for me, it's really kind of this idea of like empathy and it's putting myself into the shoes of, of the user. How will the user use this and what are, all of the different ways that this product in a way could fail. You sent out a, uh, an article, Intuition is the Highest Form of Intelligence, in which it, it speaks heavily um, kind of on the intelligence of the unconscious. And um, let me just find it. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I like where you're headed with this. Okay, so he's talking here, for like, for example, most websites are today organized in an intuitive way, which means they are easy for most people to understand and navigate. This approach evolved after many years of chaos online as a common wisdom emerged over um, what information was superfluous and what was essential. So there are certain things that are really interesting to me that um, I do with clients immediately. The moment that we take out a new client is, what are your colors, what are your fonts? Let me put your fonts in in front of your colors and first of all, let me see if you're readable. Because we're living in an age that designers love implementing, for example, like light font or a light gray font, et cetera, et cetera. it looks, though a lot of these decisions may have been made in an intuitive sense, like Helvetica Noia light at a 40% gray or 50% gray may sure. look gorgeous if the font is 10 feet high, six feet high. But when you're looking at it on a 12 point font on a phone and, and you're putting it on top of, let's say a color or gradient background, that intuition of what colors and font combinations may work when you test it and when you put it in front of in, in front of people, it just doesn't pass accessibility. Yeah. So to continue with that, um, I've seen this over and over when I've been running beginner designer workshops. They are designing by intuition. They are doing the things that they think they need to be doing. And when I've been running these workshops with more senior, more seasoned designers, I see that the more senior and seasoned designers actually bring to the table a knowledge on human inter- interface guidelines and knowledge into like what this Google material, what are the patterns that they're using. And why am I bringing this up? Because I think that Apple and Google have put a lot of time and a lot of effort to, and I know for a fact that they've tested the hell out of this. So I no longer need to rely on my intuition. I believe that the hard work has already been done by somebody else. So now- You're outsourcing your intuition. So now what I can do, actually no, it's what I can do is I can use the work that they've already done and I can apply a different level of intuition. I no longer have to start at the ground level. I can start you know, 10 steps ahead by using the work that was created by somebody else and therefore evolve the product and, and, and test whether or not my assumptions are right. Well, that's, that's with starting with the premise that they have your best intentions in mind, right? 
Well, we're, we're talking specifically about accessibility, readability, universal design. Um, I recently was writing a paper around like universal design, accessibility, and like em like empathy when it comes to design. Um, I think intuition is great, but I, I, over the break, you and I may have been having a conversation about uh, a friend of mine who did a research on moments of epiphany, and he was really kind of struck when we went when we were at RISD. He was struck with like, why do I get these moments of epiphany in the shower? Why do I get them when I'm going to the bathroom? Why do I get them when I'm just about falling yeah. to sleep? Yes, you can have them, but if you're researching a cure for, I'm not gonna say cancer, but let's say you're designing, you want to design a wheelchair. You have two types of people. You have the person that decided an hour ago that they want to design a wheelchair and their background is, sorry, Mike, I'm just, I, need a, I need a profession. So their background is marketing. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, let's say in social media marketing and an hour ago they said, I'm gonna redesign a wheelchair. And on the other hand, you have a designer that says, I wanna design a wheelchair and I've been researching this for three months. Those moments of epiphany happen much more frequently and with a higher sense, higher degree of impact to the person that brings in a background of knowledge onto the table yeah, versus, the, versus the person that has expertise. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, exactly. So just touching back on like some of those points that you've mentioned, like intuition, I feel intuition can be trusted and it's a lot stronger when somebody brings in that subject matter expertise to the table totally. and I'm willing to say, you know what, you bring a track record, I trust your, your intuition on this. What's your data on this? Spe speaking of which, I think this is a nice segue into AK because to oversimplify traditional programming, everything the software does, everything results from a code written by humans. Programmers build models and then train the software. I mean, I, I think when we start thinking about like AI, when like, I mean like how does, how do we get from human intuition to programming to AI making determinations on their own? Yeah, so that's uh, deep learning you're talking about here? Correct. So before we get to that, there's, oh, one yeah. Thing, yeah. Th there's one thing that we haven't discussed in the expertise time. E expertise sort of encompasses time, I think, because you, you, you can't have expertise no, no, well, no, unless no, no. you it, spend it, it, It's time, time to make the decision. So oh. you have, yeah, 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 so sorry. Got it. Do you have 10 and, seconds or a week to make the decision? <clears throat> expertise is learning over time. And intuition also, what isn't encompassed is, is we haven't talked about, and maybe we did and I missed it, but emotional intelligence. That's part which of it. Is, That's in, unstructured versus structured. Totally, because you always hear that people who are autistic, they may not be able to pick up on certain clues, which I feel like are what humans pick up, you know, when they talk about intuition, is that they easily, you know, they, they, they can take these emotional clues and be able to tell if somebody's pissed or whatever, that maybe someone who autistic uh, cannot figure out on their own, right? So I think there has to be, I think emotional intelligence might be the most important, uh, uh, sorry, other than expertise, emotional intelligence has to be probably the most important part of intuition, right? Maybe? So yeah, I mean, I, I guess for me, like m most things in life boil down to IQ and EQ, right? Okay. Is there, you know, like how, and I, and I work for an organization that there's a lot of IQ from my perspective, not a ton of EQ. So I think that may be yeah. what, what you're getting at, which is uh, it's not all. It's not only about how do you solve complex problems, which a lot of people with high IQ can do, but then how do you then, you know, 
make that meaningful to the public. And I think that's more EQ. So thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, I am Mike Gardner, one-third of Crisscross Applesauce Podcast. You can reach us at XXAS Podcast. We are also on YouTube under the same moniker. And pretty soon coming to an iTunes store near you. Yeah. This is like the whole new world order. In the past, it was like, oh, here's my Instagram and check out my Vive and like I got my Facebook social media channels and like so I can get more likes, but that's not the case anymore. It's XXAS podcast. No, you, you can send us a fax. Fax machine. <laughs> I, just have, hey. I have to program it. <laughs> hey, listen. Thanks you, for you listening. You e-fax me. <laughs> e-fax me. Thanks for listening. Until next time. Don't get so offended.